Hey, welcome. Happy Memorial Day weekend. I am L.A. Lloyd. Very, I mean, I'm very excited. I have to add a double very. This is the 15th appearance of Shinedown on the show. No other guest has been on more than you guys, man. So uh, <laughs> we're breaking records today. 15 times, man. I love breaking records. I'm into that. <laughs> you... It's an honor every single time we've been able to sit across from each other, sir. Thank you for all the support over the years and many more years to come, but we're uh, we're very appreciative. Absolutely. How have you been? Everything well in your Everything's world? Everything's great. I got the uh, the daughter with me and her friend, so she's happy to sit Say in hi, and, and see what daddy does. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's good, man. Well, uh, let's jump right into the new album. It came out May 4th, Attention, Attention. And, you know, to say we live in interesting times is definitely an understatement. So uh, I, I can't think of a better album title that is extremely relevant as Attention, Attention. So uh, was it your intention to kind of come up with songs for the fans to take them on this journey to give them some hope? Because it is a concept album. We'll talk about that later. But I mean, to me, I kind of feel like it's an album uh, to give the fans some hope. I would say that you would be 100% with... um, The way that we looked at this record was the fact that... And the word, you know, concept has been used a lot. Right. Um, The fact of the matter is the whole record in and of itself is about not being afraid to fail. I think that sometimes people will... They'll pigeonhole themselves a bit physically and even psychologically and almost paralyze themselves into a corner when they want more for their life or their existence, if you will, when they want to try to achieve things that are greater than what they've done thus far. Right. And I don't think that people should second guess themselves as much as they do. The way I see it is. I don't think that you're going to be defined by your failures. I think you'll be defined by the fact that you didn't give up. So it's okay to fall down. It's totally okay to fall down. You have to fall down. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's what allows you to have the, the cuts and the dings and the surface is not always smooth and shiny. Right. If you know what I mean. Absolutely. You want to see that though. Um, we always say that, you know, look, you got to fall in a hole sometimes to figure out how to get out of right, it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've always been upfront about, you know, being the main lyricist in the band, you know, I write songs because it's cheaper than therapy. So, <laughs> um, I, I think that that's something that kind of stays with me at, at all times. And I think the public, I think this record is very necessary actually yeah, right now. I do too. In the times we live, uh, you know, and like you said, concept gets thrown around and I don't think uh, that maybe that's more of a looser term for it, but uh, you know, thinking about the way that consumers stream now and, and are even still download to some uh, degree, when you kind of put up a concept album that obviously you want to take them on that ride from the beginning to the end, just like writing a book, uh, did that maybe talking about second guessing yourself come into play because you're like, people just don't consume albums like we did 10 years ago, going from front to back to listening to a new album. I look at it in a lot of different ways, actually. The one thing about the fact that literally the internet is in all of our pockets yeah, right now, right. Um, you have to figure out a way to embrace that because I'm going to give you a stat. Okay. The internet is undefeated. Yes. So it's not about, you know, when you look at a brick wall going, I'm just going to bust through that. No, the brick wall will probably win. Right. You've got to figure out a way to maneuver and you've got to figure out a way to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, in regards to the record industry and just being a musician and being a performer myself and also a songwriter, um, I am constantly looking to learn. 
I always have my eyes and my ears open. You know what I mean? And I'm only as good as the people I surround myself with. So when it comes to music and how people consume it now, for the younger generation, I find it kind of off-putting when other artists or even bands will kind of damn the streaming side of everything and the downloading side. I understand where they're coming from, Mm -hmm. but you can't blame a young man or young lady who's 15 years old um, because they don't know what a CD is. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? They didn't grow up with it. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's that's not on them. Uh, so I see it in a way of, I actually have seen more youth in the the album cycle thus far with attention attention by the fact that we've been out touring it for a bit now. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the fact that it's, Attention, attention is what we call a story album. Right. And if you want to listen to it the way that we wanted to present it to the public, mm. it is, it's an album. You're yeah. supposed to, you, we want you to start it from the beginning, yeah. take the journey with us. And the cool thing about attention, attention is there's not really an ending. Right. It's just a finale. You know, the story doesn't really end, if you will. Um, it, you just, you, you listen to this individual, um, almost you know decide that they they had to face these consequences and they had to face this turmoil and they had to confront themselves but we also hear them in this story you you hear the shift and you hear the change and this person get their confidence back nice and you know that's that's a lot of you know, it's reflected in the record. If you really want to hear the entire story, that's the way we've, you know, designed it to be heard. Of course, people are going to have their favorite songs on the record and what have you and singles and what, you know, but the younger generation also, when they find out what a CD is or even vinyl for that, I've found it a little bit more in, uh, some of the the touring that we've done here recently overseas and in different countries outside of North America mm-hmm. is that the younger generation is like, what do you mean? There's another way that I can experience music. What do you mean I can hold it? <laughs> I'm like, well, you can, you you know, if you do, if you listen to a vinyl or, and, you know, that's kind of the thing that they start to really get excited about is because I do go back to that. Mm. Um I loved opening up a record and looking at the photos yeah. and reading the lyrics. Because if I had a question about what are they saying, I could mm. read the lyrics. Right. Um, where was it recorded? Who recorded it? What does each guy or girl do in the band? Yeah. You know, who engineered it? Right. You know, who produced it? Um, I think with a generation, you know, from a younger side, just I love the fact that I see a younger generation just love music because there's so much out there. There's a lot. And that's also a plus with streaming and different outlets. Like there's a plethora of information out there. So you kind of have to find the balance with all of that in regards to streaming and how people consume music Mm -hmm. and and what have you. And it's also different for every country. Like the U.S. is different than the U.K. The U.K. is way different than South South America. Um, South America, you know, Japan, which is one of the, you know, Japan is one of the only markets where like physical is still a very, very prevalent uh, thing there. Wow. Same thing with the UK, but it, 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 there's a big world, man. There's 7 billion people on this planet. <laughs> I love it. Um, when the four of you guys are around each other, you know, and you've said this before in some of the previous interviews we've done, you know, you say it's kind of like a marriage because we do have conflicts. We have disagreements. So um, when you're touring so long, what do you do to kind of 
to just squelch it so it doesn't escalate to it, you know, continues to get out of control. I mean, do you do you try to put it out right then or do you like let everyone have a little bit of distance and then come back and address if there is a conflict between the four of you? Between the four of us and why and how we keep the relationship healthy, you know, uh, like a marriage, per se, um, you know, it's you don't go to bed angry. Right. Don't go to bed angry. Right. Um, It's we try to every two weeks. Usually on a Friday, we will have a sit down um, in, you know, whatever the building we're in or if we're even if we're at a festival or something like that. And it's just we find a room, Mm. just the four of us, and we just block off an hour. Right. Um, Of course, we're around each other all day. So if something is going on, we can address it. Yeah. But. We talk to each other, man. That's what it takes. You know, uh, we don't ride in separate buses, even though we could if we wanted to. Sure. Um, there's no fun in that. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why each record and each time we go out and tour, we try to maintain a, a very clear point of view with each other. Mm. Everybody in the band knows how to push each guy's button. Right. We try not to do that. Yes. You know what I mean? And it depends on how long you're out, too, sometimes. Like, if you've been out for a year and you've only in that year really had, you know, a month maybe of downtime mm. in 365 days, yeah. uh, sometimes there's going to be some blow ups. Sure. Um, that's another thing, too. You got to learn your schedule. You got to learn what you can and can do and kind of some things that. From experience, we've been touring professionally for almost two decades now, so I know what works for me, mm-hmm. even now as to when I started. Right. Um, you just gotta you gotta talk to each other. You know, the power of conversation can uh, can save a lot of heartache and headache. Absolutely. Uh, Eric uh, kind of took the captain's chair, so to speak, on the production of this album, which I think is great because he's got a great studio. He's uh, he's an amazing engineer. So uh, I understand he had a lot of songs written that almost kind of led you into this story or concept type album before you guys really started getting serious about writing all the songs. So tell me what he brought to you guys and how that led to what attention attention finally became. Well, back in 2016, at the end of that year, November um, and December, we went out with some really, really good friends of ours. Uh, you might have heard of them. They're called Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> and we had a blast uh, doing a co-headline run with them. But we were like two years into the cycle of the last album. Right. And Eric just, you know, case in point, you know when you're on the road what works for you and what doesn't. And he was like, I'm going to be bored out of my mind if I don't figure out something to do on a daily basis in these arenas. Yeah. Um, and so what he did was he brought his smaller Pro Tools rig on that tour. So every show day, he didn't do it on days off, just show days. Mm-hmm. Um, he would walk into the building, he would find a room, and he would close the door. And until he was needed, uh, he would write a composition. No wow. lyrics, no melodies. Mm-hmm. But And before he knew it, by the end of December, he had 22 pieces. Wow. Um, so <laughs> in 2017, in the beginning of January, we did a one-off show um, and that was in Michigan. And then at that point in time, because when we were on the tour in 2016, I didn't want to hear any of it mm. um, just because my mind wasn't there. Right. Um, so we got together uh, the day before that one off in January of 2017. He played it all for me that night. Mm. The interesting thing that happened with that was that's kind of where the conceptual idea was born because first of all we had never done a record like that yes and second of all all of that music really felt like it belonged all 
together. It, every song felt like an extension of the other, even without a melody or a, a lyrical idea mm-hmm. yet. So fast forward into February when I got to Charleston because his studio is in uh, South Carolina. I we reviewed them again, and what happened though from that was there was only one piece of music that was used from those twenty two. Okay. Everything else on Attention Attention was built from the ground up. Gotcha. But a lot of that uh, by sparking that kind of creativity because mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff that he had was amazing. Yeah. Um, but we just kind of started to channel something else. And really, in a lot of ways, we were kind of off to the races starting in February of last year. I mean, I spent 179 days in Charleston last year. Wow. Um, Not a bad place to go either. No, 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 no. It was awesome. <laughs> I actually, in the record, if you have a physical copy of the record, in my thank yous, I actually thank the city of Charleston. There you go. Great. Um, now, this is something I was kind of curious about now that the album's out. And like I said, it's uh, in a, a sequential order from beginning to end. Will this affect the way that the singles will come? Because, I mean, would it be weird if, say, like you release, say, track 11 as a single? then you backtrack to four. I mean, are you going to stay consistent with the album with the singles as well? It's a, it's an interesting idea all the way around. Uh, It's the, uh, what we call how much Pulp Fiction are (laughs) we going to present? That's good. I like that. Um, But the fact of the matter is just like in anything that we do, there aren't any rules. So it's not necessarily uh, devil is the beginning of the album, mm-hmm. and it's also the beginning of the story. Right. Um, but, you know, when the record was getting ready to be released, um, we did one Grat track. Uh, a lot of times artists will do like four or five. We mm-hmm. didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so we released the human radio along with the video for that song as mm-hmm. well. Um, one of the dynamics about the album also is the fact that we're working with a director named Bill Yukik. Yes. And he actually was the editor for Beyonce's Lemonade project. And he also, before we started to work with him, he was working with Johnny Depp and Marilyn Manson a couple weeks out before I met him in Los Angeles. So my point of this is because it's a story, we're going to tell the story. So every song will have a video and the, and the, the album will actually play out not only sonically but visually we're hoping to actually i'm not even going to say because i don't want to jinx it but uh, (laughs) we're already a few videos deep into it already uh that have already been in production and are finished that's a lot of work though man a video for every song i mean that's hardly i don't think it's hardly ever done except you know rare occasions yeah and the the cool thing about it is um being on atlantic records uh you know Craig Kalman and Julie Greenwald have always allowed us to be ourselves yeah. um, at the label. And then alongside, you know, we've been with Bill McGathy for two decades now, <laughs> and we've never really had a problem with those individuals um, because they're family to us. Mm. They've always let us be ourselves. They've think? never really rushed us, right. per se. Um, so I, I think it's important that everybody knows kind of how we want the the singles to be released, but they're not necessarily going to be in order, I don't think. Okay. I think it's going to be more about what we want to say at that time. Right. But just for the public and for the rest of the world, this is something where we're making 
we're making sure that everything from an artistic point of view gets accomplished. That's great. Um, there's a little tradition you do. Uh, I don't know how many times I've seen you guys live, but something I really love about you is uh, about the second song or so, you'll you'll stop for a second and talk to the crowd. Not yell at them, not you know, blast obscenities, whatever. You actually have a one-on-one conversation with tens of thousands of people, uh, kind of saying, how many people is, is this your first Shinedown show? Yep. Um, why is that important to you, and, and does that really kind of set the tone for the rest of the night of how you have this relationship uh, as front man with the audience? I do it for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, it breaks the ice. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it allows anything at that moment in time that might have felt awkward to be completely obliterated. Nice. Um, because I think that for for us... I ask the audience if it's their first time seeing us, and I'm still enamored by the fact that at least 80% of the audience still to this day will raise their hand, wow. which shows us that the band is continuously growing. growing yeah. As far as the next part of that, which is I ask everybody to look to their left, look to their right. Um, this, is a, this is a tradition with us. Um, the person standing next to you, you may have never met them before tonight's show, so we're going to change that. If you would, please turn to your neighbor and we want to see you shaking hands, giving high fives, nice. tell everybody how nice it is to see them at the show. And then all of a sudden, everybody that's in the audience, they're like, okay, I know you now. I'm cool with you now. So I can throw elbows with you now. I can jump with you now. I can right. sing at the top of my lungs with you now and yes. not feel embarrassed because right, right. we're all here to to enjoy the the beauty of songs yeah. and music. That's why they're there. You know Absolutely. what I mean? But I just always want the audience to not feel uh, – I don't want there to be any boundaries. There shouldn't be boundaries in music. That's kind of leading me to my next point. And something you said at the beginning of the show is we can literally hold the Internet in the palm of our hand on a a smartphone. Uh, Technology has changed lives from the elderly all the way down to two-year-olds that you know are sitting there playing games on a phone. Yeah. We have lost a lot of that human spirit, obviously. So um, with that said, I mean... uh, is there anything musically that you try to do to try to get us back to that being human beings again? Because it seems like we're always, be it at dinner or riding to a show or even at concerts sometime, you know, mm-hmm. you guys are up there playing your heart out and there's people sitting there looking down yeah. at their phones. So is, I know we can't beat it, as you said, but is there any way to kind of come back around to being a little bit more human beings again? I think you have to work with your surroundings. Um I've always been very upfront in regards to the songwriting and what Shinedown does. Because what Shinedown does is not like anyone else. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us, you know, that's what makes us original. Um, there's a song on the new album, Attention, Attention, uh, called Special, that kind of identifies a little bit of that. Okay. Um, but... It really is that humanity and that human connection. I have a 10-year-old son, and I will kind of notice at certain times of the day when when we're together if he's on his phone a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, he can kind of figure out when he needs to be off of it. Okay. Um, Because the only thing I don't want to lose is what me and you are doing right now, yeah. which is just having a conversation. Right. You know what I mean? I see a younger generation. I, I see a bit of, um, because they're growing up in a very technical, in a 
technologically advanced world, mm-hmm. they feel like they're going to miss something yeah, yeah. if they're not on that all the time. Right. So I'll give you an example. Um, I think it's going to be, it's going to be different for every individual when it comes to social media mm-hmm. and being, you have to kind of figure out what works for you. Cause once again, it's an amazing tool, but you don't want to lose your humanity. Right. And like something for me, I don't look at my phone for the first hour when I wake up. Like I, I don't even look at it. Um, you know, I, and everybody I know, what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, you grab, <laughs> grab your phone, phone. You, you either go to Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or <laughs> yeah. the news or whatever you're yeah. wanting to do. Mm-hmm. I would like to see people give themselves an hour. Yeah. You know, I, I think that it might kind of, it might change their perspective a little bit. Cause guess what? It's not going anywhere. Right. right. You know what I mean? It's going to be there. It'll be here long after you're gone. Yes, indeed. So, well, let's um, start that. Let's start yeah. it here today, Brent. I mean, you know, we're, we're on a mission, man. Put that phone down for an hour and enjoy. just an hour. Like when you get up in the morning, <laughs> just give yourself an hour. I guarantee you, you'll be surprised at kind of how, how much more clear you'll think, how a little bit more calmer, you know, calmer you you know, you'll be, you'll calm down a little bit. It's like a little bit of a meditation. I'm, I'm guilty as everyone. So I promise you I'll start tomorrow, my friend. A uh, couple more questions. Uh, you're going to be touring with Godsmack. You talked about the five finger tour. I mean, God, that was huge. But when you talk about Godsmack and shine down, uh, timing is amazing. First of all, cause it's been a long time since we've had a new Godsmack yeah. album as well. So here it is. I, I looked at the charts today. I think it's like God's Smack and Shine Down are literally within ten spins of each other, trying to hit number one to knock uh, knock Three Days Grace off there. So, what a great show this is going to be! It's, it's going to be, be really going to be a little fun competition, I would think, between oh, each yeah, other every night. Totally. But uh, tell me about this big show, man. I know the fans are going to get a treat on this one. I got to be straight up with you. Um, last year, um, right around the time that we did, uh, we were getting ready to start. Um, uh, just one thing we did when we were recording because we self-produced the new album, Attention, Attention, we also did something that we normally didn't do, which is a lot of times on the other albums, we get off the road, we take the year, we write the record. Right. We don't tour during that. Gotcha. We toured last year. We did 44 days at the beginning of the year with Iron Maiden. Um, and then we did the whole month of July and, and what have you. And then me and Zach did an acoustic yeah, run in December mm-hmm. of last year. So when I finished... The uh, when me and Zach finished the acoustic run in December of last year, I got a phone call from Sully okay. Erna, and he had heard through the grapevine that I was asking about Godsmack and what they were thinking about for 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had a wonderful two and a half hour chat. He gave me a call, and we just kind of started talking about our album cycles and what each you know guy was doing and and how we were going to kind of lay out the the touring schedule. And it just seemed like it was a really good fit because it's really built around camaraderie. Both yeah. myself and Sully, like both bands, us and and Godsmack. You know, you're looking at two bands that have a catalog, and you're looking at two bands that have insanely just amazing fan bases and we and really a work just, ethic too and a work ethic yeah yes. um and I, we just kind of were like why not yeah. you know but the cool thing about him calling me was he was such a professional and quite a gentleman on the phone with me yeah. um we toured together back in the day in 2006 when they were out doing a co-headline with 
Actually, it might have been a headline. I don't know if it was a co-headline with Rob Zombie back in 2006, but we were the remember that tour. We were the first yeah, of three. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we actually were the headliner for Uproar in 2012, and they were on that mm-hmm. um, as well. But it had been a minute. We felt like both bands. Um, if you look at us both, there's a lot of differences in certain areas, but in the same breath, it's all about you know, it's all about rock and roll. You know, and I've never ever looked at rock and roll as a genre of music. I've always said it's a way of life, yeah. and that is something that holds true each and every night. Um, I, you know, I see it day in and day out when we're on tour with the public, and we wanted to do something that maybe there is that beautiful healthy competition <laughs> the thing about it is is i think other bands say that when they're on tour especially if they're doing a co-headline with another band but they don't really mean it right with sully and myself because we both know what each guy and each band is capable of this is more about kind of you know really being unified together being unified together to give the audience the greatest show of the summer for 2018. And about 45 top 10 hits, maybe about 20, 30 number one. Yeah, there's know. a few in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a great show. All right, let's close it out. Give me one more track from uh, Attention, Attention that uh, we can play today as an extra and um, just why you picked that one. If I only got one to pick right now, I would have to pick the finale. I'd have to go with Brilliant. Okay. Um, I picked it because uh, it was one of the first songs written, um, and it is just one of the most, in my personal opinion, it's it's just a very triumphant uh, finale to any record. Mm. Um, There's quite a bit of symbolism in the song, you know, after you've taken the journey of this story. but the other reason I like it is because it is the last song on the album. And uh, traditionally, we've kind of done ballads to, to end our album. So you look at the last record, Fetch Survival, we, uh, you know, it was Misfits. And if you look at the record before that, that was Amaryllis. Right. That was Through the Ghost. Mm-hmm. You look at the other one before <laughs> that, uh, Sound of Madness, it was Call Me. Yeah. Um, the finale of Attention, Attention is not about it. So, um, so uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's everything that I, I wanted to make sure. Um, it, it's just, like I said, the album doesn't really end. It's just kind of like a finale. A leave them wanting more. It's a leave them wanting more. So hopefully they're just going to start the record over again. Right, right. But uh, it's just one of those songs on the record, man, even to this day. And I've heard the the song probably 700 times yeah. <laughs> you know but it's still probably one of my favorite songs that we've ever written just as a band awesome man 15 times for shine down the new album is called attention attention it is out see him on tour with pretty much uh, everybody, everybody. <laughs> so thank you again for being on the show for so many times thank man. you so much for all the support and uh, we absolutely adore you man and uh, just thank you for being there from from day one i have to say this so that everybody knows one of the reasons we have a platform is because of you sir so oh, wow. it means a great deal to us you've always allowed us to be ourselves as well so thank, thank you. you man i got chill bumps thank you for saying that dude thank you